Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. This is going to be season two of our podcast. We have a whole bunch of episodes in our archive, so make sure that you check those out and listen to all the interesting folks that we talked to last year. Uh, this year, we're going to bring in a lot of new voices and hear some different stuff and have a lot more segments and hopefully give you the whole spectrum of all the cool things that are happening in TBT all throughout the off-season of 2016 into 2017. First person I'm going to talk to was Josh Brown. Josh, how are you? Good, Dan. How you doing? I'm doing great. How have you been? Good. Doing well. Just uh, still detoxing from TBT. I still go back once in a while and watch the you know the highlights and stuff on YouTube and uh, doing well. What was your favorite part of TBT 2016? Did you have one? Yeah. You know, it, it, I was actually maybe reflecting on that a little bit. It's so hard to pick one moment, especially when you you're there for everything. Um, which was the biggest difference for me if, you know, we did a podcast a couple months ago where we talked about uh, my relationship with TBT. So being there for the full year, it was definitely very different. Um, I don't think anything can beat watching Overseas Elite winning again in the kind of comeback fashion they did both in the semifinals and the championship game, uh, just because they're such a good group of guys. So to watch them, uh, you know, fight back from a little bit of adversity down big in both of those games and win, that was pretty cool. But um, again, you know, watching guys like Mike Bibby and Jason Williams was really cool. Well, even watching, you know, Always a Brave and the way they kind of rallied uh, together and made another big run after, uh, you know, that Bradley team did pretty well in the NCAA tournament when they were in college. Just so many stuff, so much, you know, good stuff. But uh, yeah, it's tough to beat overseas elite when you win, you know, three million in two years. It's unbelievable. 13 straight games, do or die, that they've, that they've managed to win. And DJ Kennedy, I think, said to Jeff Goodman after the game, you know, in a lot of ways, that's harder than winning an NBA championship because you don't, you only have that one game that you can potentially <laughs> lose, you know? Um, it just was fascinating to see them. And like you said, battling back like that all the time was incredible to watch. Yeah, and it just going back what you said, I was trying to think at the tournament, uh, an NCAA tournament team who won 13 in a row, and I it probably has never been done. It, it, an NCAA tournament team winning 13 straight do or dies or an NBA team winning 13 straight elimination games. It's absolutely incredible. And uh, I'm, we're, you know, I'm sure we're going to get to a couple of those guys here today. So uh, a lot of them are doing big things after that, that big win. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about. And then going forward, I'd love to get these updates from you all the time. But what are these guys up to now? I know that a lot of guys have now gone over to Europe or over to Asia and are reporting for their club seasons. But you've got some updates on some of the guys specifically from Overseas Elite. I do. And a lot of them made a pretty big transition from where they were to, um, you know, where they were in the 2015, 2016 year to heading into this coming season, which, you know, surprisingly in Europe begins like next week, some of the teams. It's incredible how long, uh, the European basketball schedule goes, even a little bit longer than the NBA. Um, they don't but, play yeah, as many, they don't play as many games though, which is really interesting. Yeah, they they play like maybe one one to two a week and a lot of practice time. It's definitely a different life over there. A lot more uh, practice in between games than you get with the NBA. Yeah, yeah. So you were saying some of them have really made guys from overseas elite have made some pretty big jumps. Yeah, well, the, the big publicity wise one that uh, obviously got a lot of attention from everyone, DJ Kennedy, who uh, you know, non surprisingly to at least us at TBT, signed an NBA deal, a three year deal with the Denver Nuggets. 
Um, he played in Russia. He played in, in uh, Germany as well the last couple of years. He racked up a ton of awards. He won all BBL in Germany. He was a D-League champion in 2013. Uh, this year in TBT, he averaged just under 20 points a game, a double-double actually because he had 10.4 rebounds too. And uh, it, It's a big signing for him going to Denver uh, considering he actually has only played two games in the NBA in his career with Cleveland very early on. He played um, – uh, he left early on in that year and then kind of went around overseas. And, uh, you know, he'll certainly be playing with some competition or he'll be competition for some playing time. Denver, they signed Robbie Hummel, uh, who played in Italy last year after playing with uh, Minnesota for the last two years. Uh, they signed a guy, Jarnell Stokes, who is very good. He played in the D-League. He won the D-League uh, Finals MVP in a championship and a couple of other guys. So uh, he's going to have to kind of find himself a little bit of playing time. He's going to have to, um, you know, play really well in the preseason, you know, play well early on for them. But uh, from what we saw on TVT, he adds a lot of value just because you can play him, you know, as a four if you want to play a small lineup. I don't know if an NBA team would do that, but we we saw you know overseas elite do it with a lot of success and he can shoot the ball well he can handle the ball well so uh we'll have to see how he does over in denver but he signed a three-year deal which was really uh the biggest uh signing we saw in terms of you know length of a, play, a tbt player signing in the nba yeah and you know um, what the, the interesting thing about him too is that from a tbt perspective you know he kind of epitomizes what a lot of these guys are going through you know like he was really good coming out of college obviously and got a a taste of the NBA has gone overseas and I think personally really improved himself a lot. He's a much better outside shooter. That's what everybody keeps talking about uh, to me. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see what happens with him. Yeah. And I, I think just one more point on DJ, like you said there, uh, he, he's probably looking at um, just looking at everybody. He's probably the most, Kind of, again, the most versatile player because, like you said, he's become a really good shooter. Um, he, he, again, he can play. He, he's kind of built big for a six six guy. He, he, if you kind of looked at him, you might. I, he doesn't look taller, but he's just built a little bit bigger than yeah. uh, you know, a, a guard or a small forward. So uh, he can do a lot of things, whether it be uh, you know playing a big in a small lineup. He could even play the two if you need him to. So a lot of things there, and that kind of leads to the other. Uh, overseas elite guy who signed in the NBA. It's Ryan Richards, the seven footer. Uh, didn't get a ton of time for overseas elite, but he, he was very effective in the time he got. He, the, he uh, signed with San Antonio uh, this year. He actually was drafted by them in 2010, but he didn't see any action with them. He didn't play. And he's really been a world traveler. He played in all over the Middle East, Europe, a little bit in Asia. He played in Bahrain last year. So he's another guy who um, is an interesting fit going to San Antonio because uh, they, they just signed Pau Gasol. They have LaMarcus Aldridge. So he's a guy who I think they might be looking up to maybe open up a little bit of, you know, maybe outside shooting uh, because the NBA is just turning into such a, a shooting league where, you know, even your big men need to be able to shoot three. So that was an interesting addition uh, as well with him going to San Antonio. Yeah, I was, I was frankly surprised uh, of the guys on that overseas elite roster that he was the one that, you know, got a training camp deal to come in uh, with San Antonio. But when you look at him, he's an NBA body by every stretch of, you know, evaluation. It's He's like a legit seven feet, you know, big and muscular, can really move around. So I'm really intrigued to see what happens with him too. Yeah, just I was reading a little uh, kind of analysis on him that uh, a couple of the NBA experts were doing. And uh, apparently San Antonio, 
they just they think he has a very good inside game. And uh, again, I, I mentioned him maybe being able to shoot the ball a little bit. He didn't shoot a ton in TBT. He actually uh, only shot. I think it was like eight three-pointers throughout the whole tournament. I think it was four for eight. So uh, I, I that's actually kind of surprised me uh, because I think he is at least overseas a little known a little bit more as a, a shooting big man uh, and a guy who can kind of stretch the floor for you. So it'll be interesting to see his role uh, with San Antonio. But like you said, he's certainly uh, a big body. And um, I guess before we get to the rest of the overseas elite guys, it would be uh, worth mentioning Bobby Brown, the other guy who signed uh, in the NBA. He signed with Houston in a camp deal. He played for LA Unified. Uh, and he actually, Dan, you were out there in LA. He had that huge game against Team Utah, the 33-point game when Team Utah uh, got their revenge on LA Unified and was able to beat them. But he's a guy who has a little bit of NBA experience. He played in 113 total games in the NBA, 47 with uh, Sacramento, 21 with Minnesota, 22 with New Orleans, and 23 with the Clippers. So uh, he's a guy who has experience in the NBA, and he certainly uh, proved that he is NBA ready, especially in that game against Team Utah. Well, I think he's a really interesting fit with Houston in particular because they have a, a lack of point guard depth. And he's also like really close friends with Trevor Ariza and, um, James Harden. So, you know, you want to keep your, your stars happy. And, um, you know, Bobby is a guy that can really play and can flat out score the ball everywhere he goes. He scores. So be interesting to see what happens with him too. Absolutely. Uh, just going down the rest of the overseas elite guys, uh, cause all of them are doing, um, pretty big things this year. Kyle Fogg, you might remember him from the 42-point game in the semifinals against City of Gods. He is going to Spain, the top league in Spain. He played in Germany last year. He had 22.8 points per game. And we, actually, I just saw the TBT All-Tournament team was uh, posted on the tournament.com, and he was one of the five on there along with DJ Kennedy. So again, he will be going to Spain to play in the top league. Uh, a couple other guys... Uh, Travis Bader, the all-time leading three-point shooter in NCAA history with Oakland University. I All signs point to him going to Lithuania again. That's what I've been reading online. I don't think he's inked a deal yet, but uh, the consensus was that he would be going back to Lithuania. Uh, Paris Horn played in Romania last year. He was the only other guy along with Bader who I haven't been able to find if he has signed a contract yet. He played in Romania. He's jumped around a lot. He went to Turkey and then Japan and then Romania. So both Bader and Horn, I haven't been able to find uh, what they're doing quite yet this year. But uh, when you go on from there, Jahandre Jefferson. And Dan, I don't know if uh, you agree, but I thought he was might have been uh, overall overseas elite, maybe their most improved player. He played such a big role for them, uh, giving them some more depth inside. They're obviously uh, known as more of a guard team, and he just gave them so much in the post. He actually signed in the top league in Italy. Uh, he played in Turkey last season, and he played, um, or he will be playing with Aaron Kraft, who is you know very well known among college basketball fans over in Italy. And Dan, uh, just real quick before I get to the rest of them, I thought that was a really kind of interesting signing because he was a guy who um, he was, you know, a good role player for them in the 2015 championship. But I thought last year really took a big step forward and it was really, you know, key in some points, especially in the uh, semifinals and championship. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that on defense, uh, maybe not defensive rebounding, but certainly from a shot blocking perspective uh, is going to really give you a lot on that end of the court. And I think that's kind of exactly what overseas elite needed uh, on that end. 
Yeah, it, it, he again uh, went to South Carolina. Uh, he's really bounced all around, and uh, again, a, a good defensive presence. He'll give you a lot inside, and uh, a good signing over there in the top league of uh, uh, in over in Italy. Hey, let me uh, ask you, Josh, when you're like researching these guys, isn't it unbelievable how many countries they've played in? Like, if you play five years, you've played in like seven different places. Yeah, it's amazing. And I, what surprised me when I began uh, working or, you know, looking at these guys and where they're playing is how often even interseason that they'll switch. It, it, it's very common to see a guy begin the year in Israel, go to Qatar for a couple games and then finish the year in Turkey. It's amazing how much of a um, you're kind of living out of a suitcase because you really don't know it, it, unless you're playing uh, in you know, unless you're a top guy in, you know, Russia or Italy or one of the top leagues, you really don't know when you could be, you know, packing your suitcase and moving on to the next country. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, a couple more guys on overseas elite that uh, are doing big things. A big one. I think one of the fan favorites on that team, Mike Cabungo, he played the last uh, three years in the D league. He'll be going over in Romania, which good for him. Uh, obviously the D league isn't necessarily, you can't get, necessarily rich playing in the D-League and uh, uh, certainly a lot more money to be made when you go play overseas and Kabungo uh, will finally be doing that. He's going over to Romania, which is a very good league, uh, and he will be uh, making a little bit of an adjustment. Obviously, it's a, a different game over in Europe, but it'll be interesting to see how he kind of fits in over in Romania. Uh, and along with that, DeAndre Kane will be also uh, moving on to Russia. He played in Germany and Israel last year, kind of fitting in with that theme of guys who bounce around during the year, began the year over in Israel, and then he went to Germany. And he also played in the Hawks Summer League uh, last year. So he'll be going over to Russia. Just a couple more guys. Uh, Eric McCollum, he will be going back to China, where he famously had that 82-point game in 2014-2015. He actually played in Turkey last year, which I actually thought he went back to China. Um, but he did not. He played in Turkey last year. He'll be going back to China this year. And, what you know, Dan, speaking of uh, having a big year with DJ Kennedy, uh, Eric McCollum, last year, he won a Euro Cup championship. He was a Euro Cup MVP. He won a TBT championship. And his brother, obviously, CJ, signed that huge deal with the Trailblazers. A pretty, uh, you know, good time to be part of that McCollum family. Yeah, his dad was there for most of the games as well this year at TBT. And uh, you could tell... What a great time his dad's having, you know? I mean, for a guy that worked so hard his whole life to have two sons that have kind of grown up and been and have and continue to be so successful in their chosen fields is really pretty awesome as a dad to, to be able to see that, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, he'll be going back to China. Uh, two more guys on Overseas Elite. Todd O'Brien, the big man, he signed in Bahrain. Uh, he played in Qatar, Poland, and Lebanon last year. So he was another guy who went all around the world. He signed in Bar uh, Bahrain, and he will be, um, you know, hopefully for Overseas Elite, assuming they bring a lot of that core back. Uh, coming back after only playing in one country after playing in three last year. And lastly, Anthony Rafa uh, didn't get much time for overseas elite, but he signed in Italy in the second division. He played in Iran and Qatar last year, and he bounces over to Italy. He's actually uh, Italian. Uh, he comes from an Italian family, so I'm sure that was a little bit of a thrill with him to you know sign over in the home country. Yeah, and he's playing with Roma Virtus, which uh, historically has been one of the best teams in Europe. And now, you know, I guess they got relegated uh, at some point that I don't quite remember when. But, 
Yeah, that's going to be fun. Rafa was one of the fan favorites and seemed to be the guy that all everybody in the team loved as well. He was the guy that was putting up the bracket uh, placard after every win that they had, all six that they had this year. So good for him heading over to Italy, too. And a little bit of a fun fact, he got his Italian citizenship in 2013, so uh, it should be a seamless kind of transition for him over to Italy. But Dan, uh, as you can see, these guys, um, you know, winning a TBT championship and really, you know, I think just in general, you see it with Bobby Brown and there's, you know, so many other guys that made a, a, a jump to a high level. They're playing in high level Europe, uh, just playing in TBT in general, kind of the exposure you get. Uh, it's really for a lot of these guys, uh, you know, led to some opportunities. Obviously the summer is the time where, you know, these guys are signing and I just playing in such a high, uh, caliber tournament. You see it, you know, kind of really working well for these guys. And I don't think no one really epitomizes that more than the champions who, uh, everyone really doing big things this year for overseas elite. Absolutely. Josh, great information. I really appreciate this. Um, we're going to continue this hopefully on a weekly basis and we'll get updates on who's playing well overseas and which TBT alums are really making a name for themselves with their club teams as well. Perfect. Thanks for having me, Dan. Thanks, Josh. Okay, that was some great stuff from Josh Brown. We'll be checking in with him every week and getting updates on what guys from TBT are doing all around the world. Now, as you probably know, when you're a great fan in TBT, in fact, when you're one of the best fans in TBT, you win money too when your team wins. And what we're going to do now is talk to Courtney Pittman, who won $20,000 when her team, Overseas Elite, won back-to-back championships this year in TBT 2016. Okay, Courtney, how are you? I'm well, Dan. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm not $20,000 richer, though, like you. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> how was that? Was that awesome watching that championship game? Oh my goodness! It was great. The game was ner- made me nervous, though it was nail bitingly frightening. If that's even a word. <laughs> Where were you uh, when you were watching Steve it? Guys, really put up a fight. Where was I? Yeah. Um, my daughter was actually getting her hair done, so I was live streaming on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I'm sure ESPN <laughs> would be happy to hear that too. Yes, yes, I was live streaming on the phone. So when you're now, by, for those that don't know, and by way of background, um, your husband, Charles Ridley, was the GM of the Kings of the South team that competed in TBT South region, right? Right. So how was it that you ended up becoming the top fan then for Overseas Elite? Walk us through that whole process. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So because we had to have so many votes this time, it was very tedious, very cumbersome, processes that we had to be creative and come up with to get people to vote. Of course, you know, we told family, friends, Facebook, Instagram. We went to uh, different events and got people to register. It was just crazy. It was even until the end. And I'm sure you remember when the system crashed the night before the deadline, we were up like three, four, five o'clock that morning (laughs) trying to wait until the site became live again so that we could get people to vote. So we did everything we could to get everybody that we know to to vote. And, And they helped to um, get votes for us as well. So, so at what point did you end up that's voting? That's how I became number one. Ama- it was amazing. I mean, I, I remember talking to Charles all through that process and, you know, the efforts that he was undertaking to get votes for his team. Right, and obviously you were helping yeah. too. And really awesome to have seen that happen. But at what point did you end up voting for Overseas Elite? Like, how did that choice come to be made? Well, 
Of course, because we went to, we followed you guys last year all the way to Chicago. We came up to Chicago. Yep. And I remember seeing Overseas Elite throughout the competition. And I said, you know what? These guys are good. So initially, I was pulling for Team 23. And I'm glad I did not actually vote for them. And I said, you know what? Let me go with my instinct. And I voted for Overseas Elite. So just from watching them, because I was upset that they <laughs> that they beat the the South, the Dirty South. And I said, these guys are good. And I was like, oh, could they do a back-to-back win or championships? And I'm so glad that I did vote for them. I bet you are. So the check came, I think, about maybe a week or two ago. What did you guys end up doing with that money? It did. Oh, my goodness. Well, like I said, my daughter, I have a daughter. We have a daughter. She is on her way to college next year. So that is helping with SAT fees. It's helping with um, senior fees, for one, which is I did not know senior fees were so much. Uh, we're using it for a down payment on a home because we're moving. So it has really, really helped us tremendously. When Charles came to you with this uh, idea that he was going to try to enter TBT and that he needed help getting votes and, you know, you could do this and, and help yourself out too, what were your thoughts on that at the time? Like, did you think he was crazy? Did you think there's no way I'm going to get paid? What was your, kind of walk me through that if you can. <laughs> Initially, I had to take a deep breath when I heard that he said he's going to have to at least have close to 1,500 votes. I said, oh, my goodness. And I said, okay, everything that we have going on this coming in the next few months, are we going to be able to pull it off? So I had to take a deep breath and digest it and say, okay, well, let's get to work. We had to just be creative, you know, like I said, in our approach to obtaining what we needed because we knew we were going to get in. We just, it was going to have to take a lot of work. Yeah. And like I said, it, it, we did it. Thank God. And I'm glad we did. <laughs> so, you know, as a team, we worked uh, really well on this because of course I was familiar with the tournament from last year. The hard part is trying to convince people to vote because they say, oh, well, they want too much information. And, you know, some people have not heard of it. But I'm sure after this year, more people, more and more people are becoming aware of what TBT is. Now, the salon where your daughter was getting her hair done, did they have a nail service there too? Did they have? No, no. They oh, didn't. so you have to go someplace else to fix those those nails you were biting on watching that game then. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, Courtney, listen, I really appreciate your time. I'm very happy that uh, a nice person like you won this money. And congratulations. You'll be back next year, I assume, to try to uh, go back-to-back yourself and be in the top fan? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I am in it now for the long run. (laughs) (laughs) That's great to hear. Courtney, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you, Dan. All right, great stuff from Courtney. Now we're going to talk to one of the participants in TBT. You may know him from the videos that he does where he impersonates everybody in the NBA and is a really funny guy, but also a tremendous basketball player. I talked to him after his first round loss this year in TBT 2016 to the Gonzaga alumni team, A Few Good Men. Brandon Armstrong, B. Dot. I think you'll enjoy this conversation. All right, Brandon, uh, great game for you personally. The game didn't turn out the way that you probably wanted it to, but um, I was really curious what it felt like to be out there against some of those guys from Gonzaga that you've probably seen before. I felt real good, um, especially playing against, you know, 
a really, really good team. Uh, like Gonzaga, Pargo, Dan Dickhouse. That was a, there was a lot of good guys I grew up watching, of course. And um, it, was, it was an honor to play, and, uh, and I appreciate you guys having me. What about in terms of your own play as a basketball player? I think everybody knows you from these videos, and we were just talking as we were walking down the hallway here. That's not you. I mean, that's, that's something that has happened to you, and it's something that you're enjoying, I think, but that's not necessarily your own background in basketball. Can you talk a little bit about who you are as a basketball player? Well, a lot of people they just they don't they don't know that I can play basketball for real. Uh, I play professionally in Australia, Spain, and uh, with the Reno Bighorns D League organization, and um, it's it's fun. Like I like to I, I like to come out here and um, in these type of games and competition and show people that you know I can really hoop. It goes further than impersonations. Now you were doing a lot of pull up threes and all that kind of stuff. I mean, is that your game or is that more just um, uh, a result of what was happening during the game? Uh, I'm more of a I'm more of a, I'm a shooter. I like to shoot the ball. Um, if I have to attack or pass the ball, then I will. But only having six players, I felt like a lot was on my shoulder. And being able to, to create my own shot and make a lot of shots. Uh, but, yeah, that's my game. In terms of organizing the team and getting it together, like, do you feel like now having done this for one year is something that you would want to come back and try again? Uh, yeah, I definitely will. Um like Malpe said, uh, we had the players, but we didn't. We felt as though, as grown men, we didn't think we had to take their hands and sign up for them. But we know what we have to do now and for the next time around. Um, we were talking also about how you just got started making these videos. Can you talk about the first one that you did and what happened after you posted it uh, specifically? Like, how did it take off? Well, I was actually in the airport in Atlanta, heading to Vegas, and I ended up getting a call, which I had to uh, miss my flight. And I was going to take off the next day. And um, that very next day, I ended up making a, just randomly ended up making a Russell Westbrook be like, because all the flights were booked for Vegas. And I made the Russell Westbrook video and it, it went crazy. Uh, Brandon Jennings retweeted it. Then Russell Westbrook retweeted it. And then ESPN caught onto it. So then that's when I did the James Harden and Tim Duncan. And it just, I haven't played a, I haven't played a game of professional basketball since last June. Is it, is it a fun experience for you, uh, doing this and kind of becoming famous for something other than sort of what you envisioned being a basketball player? Yeah, I, I love it. It's, um, I, it's funny because I, I'm on television, uh, not for playing basketball, but for playing basketball. So right. <laughs> it's, it's a, it, it, like I said, it's a complete 360. I like it. I'm the first one to ever do it. So it's, it's cool to be in my own lane and like, you know, be, be the pivotal point for, you know, a creative, a creative idea that I came up with. Had you been doing these things? You must have been practicing all these things like, long, long in advance of that. But did somebody like kind of encourage you to actually put it on camera and show people what you can do? Uh, well, no. I mean, I've always been like the funny guy. So in practice or during pickup, we'll go out and be like, you know, who are you gonna be today? I was like, I might be J.R. Smith and my team, but like, I might be Kobe. You know. So we've always, I've always done it growing up, and I've always done funny videos. And the thing about the Russell Westbrook video, it, the, if you look at the original video, it was Russell Westbrook. Uh, game facial expressions it wasn't a Russell Westbrook be like but then as you know as it got a, as it caught a hold to all the social media platforms and they changed it to Russell Westbrook be like a lot of people that especially the guys like Daryl Hammond that are on SNL and things like they'll say that they pick up the one part of somebody's personality and just really blow that out and accentuate that do you look for that same thing when you're trying to impersonate a particular basketball player yeah exactly it's, it's the, the different um, antics they have you know Kobe's known for the jersey biting and the fadeaway and then you know Russell Westbrook he's so he's always on a hundred you know and then James Harden's over exaggerated three step euro step so uh, that's, exactly, that's exactly what I do just try to put a, com a comedic twist on it 
in terms of um, you know where you want this to go, have you thought at all about beyond the videos that you're making now, or is that something that you're just going to focus as hard as you can on those things and make those great, and then whatever happens, happens? Well, I'm using this. You know, I want to be the top entertainer in the business, whether that's on a basketball court, movies, television. You know, red carpet host. I just I have my I like to have my eggs in more than one basket. So um, I'm using this as a platform, you know, to get into you know other things. Like I said, movies. You know, the sky's the limit. You know, I don't, I don't like to have. I don't believe in the ceiling. I believe you can just keep going up. And you're from Atlanta originally. Now you're out in LA. Can you talk about the difference of living out here versus being down south? LA, LA is a lot more fast paced. It's a lot more going on. It's, it's a lot more people. It's a land of opportunities and everything. Um, since I made this move, it's been a great move. I bought a house. Um, I've got a lot more deals and it's, it was, it was a great move for only being here for seven months now. Do you think that you'll adopt, adopt some of like the West Coast type personality? Seems a little bit more laid back out here in a different way than it is in the South. Do you think you'll adopt some of that stuff? I don't think, I think, I think I'm gonna stay myself. Uh, I bring that Southern hospitality that a lot of, um, uh, no offense, but a lot of, you know, these LA guys, the younger guys around my age, they don't, they don't have, you know, they're, they're more of a, I don't wanna say cocky. They more of like big time, you know, I like to, I like, I try to like to, you know, remain humble. Don't let anything get to my head, you know, just take it day by day. What do you think of the basketball scene out here? I know you're playing a lot of leagues and pickups and pro-ams and stuff like that. Um, what are you enjoying about it and what are you disliking about it so far? I love the competition. Um, LA is like the place to be for, for summer ball. Everybody comes here from Nick Young to Paul George. I've played against all of them. True holiday in, in the, in the past month. And I love the competition. It's nothing, it's nothing I really would change about it. You know, it's arguing, it's arguing everywhere. You know, it's teams loaded up, but I, I just love the competition and, and able and being able to get to play against these players and then showing, you know, showing what I can do also. All right. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. No problem. Okay. That's all for this week. Remember that you can subscribe to TBT's podcast on iTunes. Leave us a rating and a review. It'll help spread the word. Thanks.